It's time for the Creative Real Estate Podcast, your source for out-of-the-box real estate investing strategies brought to you by Ecospace.com. Now, here's your hosts, Adam and Jason. Welcome back to the Creative Real Estate Podcast. I'm your host, Adam Adams. And guys, we're in for a treat today because we have Chris Lopez, a famous podcaster from Denver. And you guys are going to learn quite a bit from Chris. And what we're really going to dive into is the way he creatively positioned himself within Denver in a relatively short amount of time to be uh, you know, on top and and people looking up to him. He's a leader. And so we'll dive right into that. So Chris, you're from Virginia originally. Is that right? Yep. Correct. Born and raised there and went to college there. Okay. And then you said uh, four months ago you were living in Los Angeles. Is that accurate as well? Yep. Just about. So new to Denver, but you already have a massive following. You already have a lot of people looking up to you. And the way you did it, in my own opinion, is by reaching out to the number one most famous uh, uh, real estate guru in the entire state of Colorado, Charles Roberts, which who everybody knows. He has like 700 agents underneath him, and you started a podcast with him. So I really want to dive into the way you've kind of positioned yourself, uh, learn about this. Guys, Chris is also a landlord. You've got a rental. Where is your rental? It's actually Reno, Nevada. In, in Nevada. Okay. And the podcast that he runs is the Denver Real Estate Podcast and Denver Real Estate Investing Podcast, which um, has one of two things. Actually, it has both things. So it has a lot of people listening to it who want who are from out of state who want to actually uh, do business here in Denver, and then it has a lot of people listening to it which are people that live in Denver that want to do business out of state. So, oh, I guess the third one would be in Denver doing business in Denver. I know, That's actually. I know, I, that's actually probably the majority of our listeners are, are okay. people that live in Denver that want to invest in Denver. I love it. So I'll be, uh, I think I'll be on that podcast coming up pretty soon. So if you want, just look up his podcast, listen to that episode with me. And that's going to be talking about me doing business out of state. So kind of fun. Chris, I'm really glad you're on the show. Give us a little bit of the background that I haven't covered yet. Yeah. So just to kind of give the context before I got into real estate and in Denver, I went to Virginia Tech, which is a big engineering school. My freshman year there was 2001, went there to be an engineer. And in my first year as a freshman, I realized I did not like engineering. And I started, okay, what major should I switch to? I did the whole, what the hell do I do in college thing? And I realized none of the traditional paths excited me. Just going and getting a degree to get some job, to have a commute where I had to wear like a business suit every day for the next 40 years did not excite me. So this was, you know, 2002 timeframe when I was kind of going through this phase in my life. And it was about three years, four years after the dot-com bubble and crash. So the internet was there, but it's still a very, very small thing. And I thought to myself, you know what, this internet thing is not going to go away. And just to give you guys context, Yahoo was still the big search engine. We were still using AOL Instant Messenger and getting those like free 50-hour AOL CDs or floppy disk in the mail. So this was way, way, way back then. It's hard to remember now. So I said, you know, this stuff is not going away. I should learn this because I can probably make some money like all these other people did in this dot-com bubble a few years ago. So... Long story short, I started trying things, figuring things out, got involved with a couple of really good business partners and also mentors. I did not have any business experience, any sales experience, any marketing experience, but I was 
young, hungry, and my metaphor was I was willing to walk through a wall to make a doorway for myself. And so I was just that guy that just, hey, I'm going to pound my head against the wall until I figure it out. And part of it was just right timing with the guys I worked with, uh, the product we were doing, and just the internet itself. So we started, uh, we were some of the first advertisers on Google AdWords, and we built a business on four continents within a matter of like a year. It was pretty crazy. Wow. Um, but the problem was as we were building the business, we had a lot of stuff on the back end falling off because we had the front end like lead gen sales side nailed down, but the back end like customer retention training system was non-existent. So we started building a system for ourselves to use and just we hired a programmer. We started building it because there was nothing available. And then about a year into that, other people started saying, hey guys, can we use your system? And we realized, hey, you know what? We have a whole other business on our hands here. So since then, uh, that business, those businesses have just grown. And all I did was ride trends of, at first it was, it was like Google SEO and that old form Google direct or Google, I'm sorry, direct response marketing copy, the long form sales letters, then Google AdWords, then YouTube. Then I started doing a lot of podcasting in 2000, I think 11, 12 timeframe for my other businesses. Well, can, and, we, can we pause and yeah. talk about those podcasts and what it did for you? Um, in my previous businesses? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I mean, a lot of it actually continued on from the, the current customers that I, clients we already had. But what it did was I saw this trend where we would do a live webinar because everything was live webinars and back then live conference calls. And, you know, we'd have 30 people in a live webinar or a live conference call and then 200 people listening to a recorded call. And we said, you know, instead of like, always having to do a call at a certain time and dictate our schedules, the trends are people are seeing recordings, myself included. I look at what I do as well. And so we started doing that and actually started producing more content, uh, getting out to more people and doing uh, like less, you know, uh, I don't want to say less work, but less time involved per content out like an, on an hourly basis. And so it just grew our reach more and grew our audience a lot more. And it became my favorite way from then on on doing content besides uh you know you don't have to like do a youtube video you don't have to like dress up set up the green screen like you got in your background and it's a lot easier to produce a podcast as well so it just on all sorts of levels it made a lot of sense okay okay awesome uh, and i appreciate you kind of pausing i don't i didn't want to cut you off though so where were you going after the podcast in 2011 with your other business um not much more there just kind of what started happening uh the trend started changing in our industry we had a business partner not a direct business partnership but a very direct close relationship vendor that was essentially like a business partner went south on us so a couple things just started you know uh giving us a signal that, hey, it was time to start moving on to the next thing. And real estate was always on my radar. I always wanted to get into real estate, but I did not because since I had built this cool internet business, I was a single guy that would move from city to city, like a different city every 12 months. So I had nothing that kept me down in one place. Uh, I didn't want anything to tie me down because I just wanted to have that very mobile, flexible, very fun lifestyle. But then- They call that digital nomad, right? I think that's what they call it now. Back then, there wasn't a term for it. Back then, people were like, what the hell are you doing? I was like, well, I'm kind of doing this internet thing. Um, but now it's a lot different than, yeah. Uh, but it, it's a lot of fun. But then I got into my, get into my 30s. I was, you know, wanting to start selling down my life. And then real estate was just on my radar. And I spent, 
I don't know, six months, eight months, just trying to figure out how do I get into real estate. And at first I was like, ah, I could get into like fix and flips. I could become a general contractor. I could do this. And I just realized I knew nothing about being a general contractor. I knew nothing about fixing and flipping. Like I could learn, but it would take me four, five, six years to get really proficient at it. And as I started talking to people in real estate, I realized the industry as a whole, whether it's an agent or a brokerage or pretty much anyone involved in real estate, they were behind the times in technology and marketing. And, and they still are. And so I realized that kind of light bulb went oh, ding, ding, ding. I can use that background to go out there and uh, use that skill to go out there and get my name out there and networking. Because my main goals were I wanted to find a way where I could network with people, people like Charles Roberts, as you mentioned. I wanted to go out there and learn the industry and become an agent's a phenomenal way to learn the nuances of contracts and all that other stuff. And then three, I need a new income stream so I go out there and start investing myself and I start investing with my own money again. So those were three things I was looking for. And I started reaching out to brokerages, trying to find someone uh, that I could start building a website and start doing a podcast and webinars long distance while I was in LA, because my wife and I knew Denver's where we wanted to end up long-term. And very fortunately, I got connected with Charles Roberts and we just hit it off right off the bat, just on a, like a, a personal level and a professional level. And he said, oh yeah, we've got all this great content. We got all these classes we teach, we wrote these books, but we don't know how to do anything on the internet. So he's like, hey, you know what, if you could do it, here, just kind of take everything and just, if you can make it work, figure it out. And that was the start of it. I love it. So I'll pause there so you can uh, ask some questions, Adam. Yeah, so okay, so you said you were living in Los Angeles when you started the podcast with Charles? Correct. Holy moly, let's get into that. So I had no idea. I thought you got here six months ago and started the podcast with him. So tell number one, let's let me uh, ask you the question. How did you meet him? How did you like run into Charles Roberts in the first place? Um, through hard work. I how did I what was the mechanics? So I'm a big fan of working really hard versus not smarter and also Googling the hell out of things because Google can kind of tell you everything nowadays. So I started Googling brokerages and Denver real estate investing, those types of keywords. And your castle is one of the brokerages that popped up along with a few other brokerages that had uh, investing focused. And I wanted to, I wanted to work with a brokerage that was uh, like residential, like small residential focus, not a big time, like, you know, commercial brokerage. So my interest is residential stuff. So I, I reached out to Jeremy Lambert, who's the recruiter at your castle. And this was like November of 2016. And I said, Hey, I'm living in California. I'm moving to Denver in like a year. I'm getting my license in like a year. I want to like start getting the ball rolling. And so Jeremy said, yeah, I'll meet you. And I set up some other meetings with some other brokerages as well. And Jeremy Lambert, I, when I sat down with him, I explained to him my background and then after we left, I think he Googled me and saw all the old YouTube stuff I had done in my previous businesses and all the old podcasts I did. He's like, oh, wow, this guy actually knows marketing. And he emailed me later saying, hey, you should meet this guy, Charles Roberts, because he's done a couple of YouTube videos as well. And at the time, I didn't know who Charles was. I was like, oh, it's another agent that's done like two YouTube videos. I'm like, okay, great. <laughs> um, but then I Googled his name. I was like, holy smokes, this is like the man um, you know, he's the president of this, he's got this. And I was like, wow, I got to meet this guy. And so that's how it started. I think I kind of lost 
I think I lost my train of thought in your answering your question there. Oh Adam, no, so. no, that was good. Yeah, so that was perfect because we that was the answer to the question. And a small bit of tangent is never a bad thing. Um, yeah. So Charles and I have he's the actually the president of Colorado Brokers Association. Did you know that too? Yep. Okay. Okay. Per- perfect. And for the listeners. Uh, we don't really mention Colorado Brokers Association enough, but um, it is fairly new from the beginning of this year, and there's uh, a lot a lot of people that meet twice a month. Uh, the first Wednesday of the month, it's always free CE course, and uh, the last one that we had, was, I think it had standing room only, like, 20 people standing or something crazy like that there was 60 people in a 20 room 20 people room it was kind of crazy and uh and then the oh no 40 people in a 20 person room and then the third wednesday evening we always do a cocktail hour so um we have generally the beers are sponsored and so it's just you get together and there's nothing but networking with other agents um so it's it's kind of cool a lot of times you'll meet people like uh lenders that'll that'll come in and shake some hands pass out some cards you'll meet really good um title companies as well so for anybody who's a, a local agent Come to Colorado Brokers Association. It's it's twice uh, a month. Thanks for letting me pause. I I didn't plan to take over your interview with Colorado Brokers Association, but it, it did um, it did come to mind. So you have a rental in Nevada. You've told me that you've lived in Virginia, Los Angeles, Denver. Where did this Nevada thing come? Well, um, it's a kind of a very interesting story. So this was back in, as I was moving around the country. So my business partner and I, we had internet businesses and we had a couple of like S corps and LLCs between us. So we were essentially self-employed business owners. And so our income did not change where we lived. And in like, I think 2010, 2011, I was living in Tampa, Florida. And then I was ready to move out of Tampa and go on to the next city and my business partner was from around the Sacramento area and said, Hey, let's move back to Sacramento. I'm missing home. I was like, sure, why not? I'll go back there. Or I'll go there because I've never been there, but let's go, let's go get a place. So we moved from Florida, which is it's a state with no, you know, it's a no income tax and it's a lot of other just it's a very tax friendly state. And as everyone as everyone knows out there, California is kind of on the other end of the spectrum to put it politely. So we moved to California and like I knew this in my mind, but I didn't run the numbers. I moved to California and I started running my payroll and I was like, oh man, I'm taking like a 20% pay cut just by living in California. So this was, I think, 2011 timeframe. And so this was right, you know, the real estate market is just, you know, it's tanked, it's at the bottom. And one of our friends had bought a place in Reno, Nevada, which is a two hour drive from Sacramento for like $70,000. And... We ran the numbers and said, you know what, even if we just go out there and buy a place, leave it empty and claim our residency as Nevada and still in California, we actually still save money plus we're owning a property. So we actually bought the place and just left it empty. And then I'd go, I went up there a few weekends just to explore Reno and I started liking it. And I was thinking, man, why am I, I like Reno, I can live anywhere, I'm not tied to Sacramento, I'm just going to move up to Reno to save more money. So moved up to Reno for a little bit and just kind of used it as my home base because I would still travel two weeks, three weeks up every month. But the interesting thing on how we bought it was it was a Fannie Mae foreclosure, you know, just off the MLS. 
And since this was kind of like, you know, when the economy was still, who knew what was going on with it, we did not want to purchase the condo cash uh, because we did not want to drain out, drain our savings account and, and not have enough cash to run our business and live day to day. So uh, a friend, just a family friend, actually was looking for some safe ways to put her money in because bonds and CDs back then were paying even less than they are now. So, you know, 0.2%, half a percent, just nothing. And she said, hey, I'll give you guys a 5% note at 15 years if you guys want to use my money. And wow. so essentially it was, yeah, a $67,000 condo at 0% down, 5% fixed year term. And so I had no clue about real estate back then. And we bought this property. I remember I spent more time researching a new iPhone than I actually did this property we just bought. That's how like little time I actually spent thinking about it. And then we bought it. And now knowing what I know now, I'm like, wow, I should have bought 10 of those back then or structuring those deals. That's what everyone wants to do. And I just yeah. kind of fell into it backwards. Just curious, um, how much is that condo worth today? Two thirty, two forty. And you bought it for sixty-seven. And Tesla's doing something huge in Reno. Is that right? Is yep. Tesla. They're doing something. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's so huge. it's going to change even more over the next five years. I'm sure. Yeah, and and Reno is it's a really cool market, but uh, it's actually in a valley. It's true supply and demand. Like they are running out of land to build on. And so if there's not any more land to build on, you know, they have, you, know, you know what that does to prices. So I'm debating right now, and I'll be doing a future podcast on it. I'm either going to sell the place or refinance it because it's, we've got so much equity in there, and I'm still just debating my options right now. Yeah, I'm, if, I mean, I would probably, I mean, I'm not giving you huge advice, but I'd, I'd say almost keep it, keep it for another five years. Uh, it seems like it's got a lot of uh, appreciation available. Yeah, I think so. And like, I know the like I live in this property, the condo, like the HOA itself is extremely well run. The condo complex was built re like it was, it's a very solid complex. All those, that stuff you don't know to the owner property for, it's all, it all checks all these boxes. So I'm, I'm never going back to Reno, but I also know this property very well. So I'm 50, 50 right now on what to do. So, so far on the podcast today with you, Chris, what we've learned is number one, that starting a podcast and reaching out to somebody and helping them can get your name out uh, incredibly fast. Number two is that, um, that you can actually live the creative real estate thing that we've learned from you is, is that you can use uh, purchasing in a certain city to shelter yourself from taxes. Mm -hmm. And number three is that you um, did this five-year note with your friend's money. So let's go into that a little bit more. It was actually a 15-year note. Oh, a 15. Um, Sorry, I wrote yeah, five. Um, five is 5% 5 interest, 15-year note. So really, there's not much more details on that. It was, uh, I mean, she owns the I think, in the, I think Nevada is a deed of trust. You know, first, first position on the property, you know, file the deed of trust on there, and we make our monthly payment to her, and we're about halfway through paying it off. So is it, uh, is it amortized or interest only? No, it's amortized. So we're paying uh, PI awesome. or principal interest. Great. All right. So do you have, from the things that we've already discussed, uh, do you want to touch on anything that we may have missed uh, talking about those three things? 
Yeah, I actually want to circle back around and kind of use what I've done in getting connected with Charles to position myself very well in the long-term grand scheme of things in real estate investing. Because I think this is something that I learned from my previous businesses and a lot of people don't know this, this lesson yet. And that's, you know, so many people want to get into real estate. And I view real estate as, as it's an investing business. You have to put time and energy and money into it and figure it out. And, you know, oh, the people want to figure out this or do that, do that. But I think the best way to kind of give you, give you a vertical growth curve is to go out there and find a mentor. And it's almost like I'll say like a mentor partnership because a lot of times people want a mentor where it's if I come to you, Adam, it's, hey, Adam, you know, I want to take, 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 take from you, which, you know what, beyond like maybe, hey, maybe you come on and have, grab a cup of coffee with me. Like after a while, I'd be like, dude, like I, you know, you got like, you got your own stuff you're running. You're busy. You're running your business. You're doing three other things. You don't have time for people. I just want to like take, 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 take. I don't mean that in a bad way. Like they're not, they're not doing that in a, in a malicious way. But then they're always saying, oh, what, you know, just give me this or let me ask you this. So my point of view was, how can I go out there and find a situation where someone who's just at the top of their game, where I want to be in 10, 20 years, which is exactly, you know, where Charles is. Um, I said, how can I make it so it's, I can kind of get that mentoring, mentorship aspect from real estate, but also kind of have that partnership aspect where I'm also for every, you know, unit of value I'm getting, I'm getting at least one unit of value back. And so that way, it's, I, I, I think the word, best word would be like a mentor partnership because through that, it opens up so many doors and then your mentorship is going to give you a lot more help. They're vested in you because they know the more they give you, the more you give them. And be proactive with things like it's, you know, it's not, you know, it's very clear to people that real estate agents and the real estate industry is lacking in marketing technology. So go out there and make things happen was my attitude. Okay, I see all this opportunity. I need to find someone where I can just take their information, download their brain and put it on the website or you know, put, it on the, put it on the internet, I should say. I love it. I'm going to touch on two things. Number one is instead of you, you actually use the words and I say this all the time on the podcast, how can I? How can I? Instead of guys, instead of saying, you know, I can't do that or hey, I live in LA, uh, Chris, was, Chris instead said to him, how can I add value to Charles Roberts? How can I reach out to him and make this a win-win, give and take? And I love that. The second part of that, how can I add value to this person is, is the best, is in what way do I have a strength that could benefit this person? So when I reach out to Charles, I'm going to share with him what I can do for him. And at the same time, I'm definitely going to learn from him. I really appreciate you going over all of that. Thank you. And we're going to get into the final five, but we have a quick message from our sponsor and we'll be right back. This episode of the Creative Real Estate Podcast is brought to you by both you and brought to you by the show itself. And we just wanted to say thank you, Jason. And I really appreciate having you as a listener. And we have an ask. We've got a quick ask. If you have uh, been listening to the show for a little while, you love the show, and you haven't taken the time to leave a rating and a review, I just wanted to ask to see if you wouldn't mind uh, going into iTunes and doing a written review as well as a rating. Um, so that's our only ask. Let's get back to the show. Okay, so um, the final five. How Have you done more than that one creative deal? Should we talk about another creative deal? That was the most creative deal. I love I, it. Yeah, that's so, it. So the what's a book you recommend? I got a horrible answer. I haven't read a book in probably nine months. 
Um, the last book I read was actually Set for Life by Scott Trench, which is a phenomenal book. But just kind of shifting gears to get back onto what I'm doing right now is I'm in production mode right now, and just which is like you know uh, networking, pushing out content on our podcast and website, showing properties, working with clients. Like I know what I need to do, so I don't get a lot of value from books right now because I still got to work, 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 work. So okay. that's very much my mindset right now. Great. Uh, where were you five years ago and where do you plan to be in five years from today? So I think five years ago is either in Sacramento, California or Rita Nevada physically. Uh, and back then I was still all on my doing all my internet business stuff. Um, I was no longer day trading, but I was just working my internet businesses still with that long term idea that I wanted to get in real estate in the long run in five years. So that's going to put us in like 2023. Uh, I'll be in Denver and I plan on being pretty much doing the same thing that I'm doing now. I still am doing it because I mean, like I love what I do everything. I mean, I get to work with great people all around Denver. I get to meet new people all the time. I get to do just all sorts of cool work on the internet and around town. So I'm going to keep doing this because I'm very much like a in the trenches type of guy. I love it. How do you give back? Um, I just enjoy mentoring others and giving advice. Like I'm always happy to sit down, talk with people and share thoughts or give ideas. I like to think of myself as an open book. Uh, years ago when I was running my internet business, for a couple of years I went through, I guess I'll say called the scarcity mindset where you want to keep everything you're doing, you know, secret, you know, tucked away in your like little black book. And I realized as we started doing more marketing, that the more you give, the more you really get back. And I know it's kind of like a, sometimes an overused line, but it's true. And I don't have any concerns about, you know, people stealing what I do or competitors. There's plenty of, of, of money and deals and everything else out there around, around the world. So I live pretty much an open book. I'm always happy to share what I'm doing and what I'm up to. It's absolutely working for you. In fact, I would say there's at least three people that are um, very big within the real estate industry here in um, here in Colorado that have actually talked to me and said, you need to meet Chris Lopez. You need to meet Chris Lopez. It, it, it's happened at least by three different people and it's wow. because you're giving back. It's because you're doing what you're doing. Um, you're all, you're, you know, not scarcity mindset, but your abundance and you're sharing all this and, and it's, it's absolutely working for you. So I'm, I'm glad you're, you're mentioning uh, this. I'm glad you're on the podcast and I keep, I keep mentioning to my listeners, there's two things that you should do. You should start a meetup group. You should start a podcast. These things propel you farther and, and further than, and faster than you would ever imagine. They do, um, it really positions you and, and it's done a lot for you, Chris. And I'm, I'm really glad that you shared everything. How do my listeners get a hold of you? How do they find you? How do they find your podcast and how do they reach you? Uh, so first off my cell phone, 303-548-0846. Give me a call or email me at chris at denverinvestmentrealestate.com. So that's also the website too. Just go to denverinvestmentrealestate.com. The website name is not creative as you can tell, but it gets the point across. And if you just go to your podcasting app and type in Denver Investment Real Estate, you can check that out in there. And that is a very focused website and podcast on uh, just real estate investing around Denver. So it's a very niche market. And I think something else I'd mentioned with you earlier, Adam, um, just with all the marketing that Charles and I are doing, we've had a lot of other agents ask me about marketing. So I'm very slowly getting another website up and running called MrRealEstateAgent.com. 
And by the time this podcast publishes, it should be up and running. So that's MrRealEstateAgent.com. And the whole idea um, with that is I am just documenting what I'm doing to build my real estate business. And so if other agents want to use those tidbits to help with their marketing, uh, great. And it's also just a way for me to network with more agents around town. But it's another way I can, it's another opportunity I see where I can give back, network. And as we've talked about numerous times, the more you network, the more you give back, the more doors of opportunity open up down the road. Thank you so much for being on, Chris. I'm going to let you go. But until next time, my friend, think outside the box. Thank you so much for listening to the Creative Real Estate Podcast. And if you got value from this episode of the podcast, please take the time to leave us a rating and review on iTunes. Give us a written rating and a review. We'd really, really appreciate it. I'm going to let you go. But until next time, think outside the box.